Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with three breakout hosts. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Week one of the college football season was incredible. We had a ton of great games. So let's get into our our general takeaways. They're going to be more this week than in future weeks, just because learn a lot in the the first week of the season. Ryan, first question for you: Which team were you pleasantly surprised by? Yeah, I'm going to start us off in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Washington uh, they beat Kent State forty five to twenty. You know, it's not a number that totally jumps out at you there, but what did jump out at me is, is that Washington actually looked like they had an offense here. Uh, they weren't doing that against anybody last year, um, last couple of years, really. Uh, they had 31 points at halftime. Michael Penix resurfacing again. He was the Indiana's quarterback, transferred to UW and reunited with his former office of coordinator, Indiana, Kalen DeBoer. And he threw for 345 and four touchdowns. He was awesome. Um, Kalen DeBoer just all of a sudden has Washington looking like, hey, maybe they could be Something to something to you know be be a force there in the Pac-12. Yeah, that was a promising start. Another Pac-12 team that I was pleasantly surprised by Arizona, and I was high on them entering the season relative to expectations, just because I loved what they did in the transfer portal. But I did not see this one coming. They won thirty-eight to twenty at San Diego State, kind of ruining the, uh, the opening of snapdragon stadium what a big event that was oh it was huge it was the san diego was a buzz i mean there was all everyone was talking about everybody was just trying to find shade yeah yeah it was yeah. very hot that was the problem <laughs> uh a lot a lot of places this weekend yeah but anyway that was it so it was 38 to 20 and that was with san diego state blocking a punt uh and and for a touchdown so really was was maybe even worse than the score indicated uh, Jaden Delora, the transfer from Washington State, had 300 yards, four touchdowns. The UTEP wide receiver transfer, Jacob Cowing, 152 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Their true freshman, T-Mac, caught a touchdown as well. So great win. Jed Fish has Arizona on the rise. Like it is compared to the day Quick he turnaround. was hired and people were like, who? And now he's yeah. <laughs> recruiting really well. I know it's just one yeah. game, but that's that was nice. Like they were a, they were a touchdown that's underdog a big there. Win. Yeah, a big win. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, SMU. Uh, didn't fully know what to expect out of Rhett Lashley in, in game one uh, with Tanner Mordecai, but they walloped North Texas on the road, 48 to 10. North Texas had just put it to UTEP, uh, and, they were, and North Texas was also hot at the end of last year, so that was a pretty good win. Mordecai, 432 yards, four touchdowns. The defense forced three turnovers. And looking ahead, they get Lamar this week, and then a fun one with a lot of points probably at Maryland next week. Oh, yeah, that will be a good one to watch. Yeah, but the way they the way they dominated that game, that was impressive. Um, all right, uh, I'm taking us back to the Pacific Northwest for my second team, Oregon State. Um, I liked the Beavers heading into this year. Um, you know, I thought they had a lot of pieces coming back, and I thought their defense would be improved. Um, and I liked them heading into this game against Boise. But man, I, I did not expect this one. They were up 24 to nothing at halftime, and it was essentially over. Boise kind of sort of made it interesting-ish in the fourth quarter, but 
it was never seriously, seriously in doubt. So great performance by the Beavers. Jonathan Smith, just he knows how to coach, man. That guy has done a great job down there in Corvallis. Um, and they, they, so they have a couple of tough Mountain West games in a row. They played Boise this week and then they go on the road and play at Fresno this coming Saturday. So another huge test, win that one and beat a couple of the best teams in the Mountain West. Beavers can prove they're, they're for real. Yeah. Jonathan Smith, I know he's, he's at his alma mater, but if he, has a big year yeah. this season and some other jobs open up his his name will get thrown I, out i want him at nebraska but it's like can we even think about going back to the oregon <laughs> state well like yeah <laughs> i feel like it's it's a totally different guy i just don't think you could consider that because we're of course I we're would. referring to the fact that mike riley yeah. was a uh, uh not very successful at nebraska i guess i was just gonna say that <laughs> although he didn't leave the you know he entered he inherited think. a better situation than frost did a lot better so that's fair that's fair and frost anyway. doesn't get blown out <laughs> okay yeah not yet at least <laughs> um <laughs> well i mean he has but anyway yeah yeah let's uh let's get to my next positive team we're being positive here let's let's not yeah. try and somehow make this about nebraska syracuse we uh i of course we all expected to be pleasantly ple- to you know, just pleased with sean tucker's oh performance. that's right and right. we were we were uh but their defense shut down what is supposed to be a very good offense led by malik cunningham in louisville um and syracuse's offense was good too garrett schrader had a great 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 game through the air i think the hire of robert and i uh from virginia their offensive coordinator now that could end up it sounded saying, like you said Robert and I. I was like, Oh, Robert and I, well, my buddy Robert. Yeah, guy. the hire of Robert and I were great. <laughs> did a great job. <laughs> Who's Robert and you? I don't know. <laughs> my buddy, shout out to Robert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, Robert and I, I think uh, yes. that could save Dino Baber's job because things were kind of tenuous. But if the offense is as good as it looked here, then they could have a, a pretty nice season. Indeed. His final score was 31 right, to 7 go- there. Yeah, that's yeah that was impressive. Uh, and a shocker. I'm going to go to the SEC, Miss- Mississippi State. Mike Leach's boys, they won 49-23, but they went up 35-3 to before calling off the dogs. Memphis, you know, they should be an AAC, a decent AAC team with Seth Hennigan at quarterback. Uh, Will Rogers, though, 450 yards, five touchdowns. I know, you know, we're kind of high on Mississippi State this year, but their schedule is just such a gauntlet. But maybe with some performances like that, they could potentially surprise a little bit. Yeah, like like them. All right. Now let's uh, get to some players that we were pleasantly surprised by. Okay, I'll start us off. Um, I'm not. I'll, I'll, I'll go away from the Pacific Northwest. I'll go <laughs> Northeast. We got. Uh, I'm gonna take Keaton Slovis, for quarterback for Pitt. Great game one for him. He was 16 of 24 for 308 yards, so a nice yards per attempt average there. One touchdown, no picks. Uh, so that uh, that was a after they were that was a huge concern. Obviously, they lost Kenny Pickett, the Heisman finalist. How is it going to work with their offense? I mean, they had a one year wonder there. All of a sudden, the offense was just so good last year. Slovis was uh, there was question marks there, but he responded well. Helped them beat West Virginia 38-31. So great start for him. Yeah, that Pitt West Virginia game, backyard brawl was awesome. awesome. That was a great way to start out the they need to first play that full weekend. All the time. Yeah. All right. My first player is Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State. Their quarterback 
had over 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero picks, crucial for him. He also ran for 57 yards and two touchdowns, so huge game. It was against Central Michigan, who isn't supposed to have a very good defense, but still a promising performance and gives you some hope that maybe this is the year that it all kind of comes together for him. And, and hopefully that offense gets back to the Oklahoma State offense we were used to before him. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm All not right. saying it's I'm his fault, an, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I hear you. But it's his but fault. It now yeah. I'm going to go with uh, another quarterback, Stetson Bennett. You know, no one ever, yeah. ever talks about Stetson. Maybe in the Heisman race, he, you know, he's not flashy. We know Bama has a couple guys, including the defending winner, and Georgia just wins because of their defense. But now they have some serious weapons on offense, and he was a major reason why they won the title last year with his his clutch play late in the game. But he just shredded a real uh, well. What we, what we think is a good Oregon defense: three hundred sixty-eight yards, two touchdowns, made some great throws under pressure, and now he's got some confidence. Maybe he can throw his hat in the ring if he continues to play like that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, moving on to my next one here. I'm going to go Muhammad Ibrahim. Not, nothing really earth-shattering. The twenty-one carries, hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns against a bad team, New Mexico State. But to me, it was just the more of the fact that he looked healthy. Uh, he is a great, great running back. So it, that makes such a big impact on their team because that's kind of been their identity. Who's team? Being able to run the ball. Minnesota. Did I not say Minnesota yet? It's okay. It's okay. We assume that <laughs> everyone listening yeah, is just yeah. a diehard, but you know. And he had sure, the Achilles sure. injury, so. Yeah, exactly. That was my concern. I, that's a tough one to come back from in, you know, less than a year. And he looks great. So that's a huge, huge boost for Minnesota and gives them a fighting chance in the West. Big Ten West. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now I'm going to forget to label somebody and <laughs> yeah, get exactly. out. But it's good. We got to remember to do that. It's, yeah. you know. Uh, all right. My next player, Jared Verse, edge rusher for Florida yeah. State University. Wow. What the a freak. Seminoles. Yeah. He, is, uh, he was a transfer from <laughs> Albany. He is a freak. I mean, week zero, he had a sack against Duquesne, had a good game there. And then on Sunday against LSU, two sacks, a blocked field goal, which proved to yeah. be crucial and a ton of pressures like he is just it's like they don't even miss jermaine johnson it's it's just a perfect know, replacement wild there. so yeah he's a monster um my last one is is kind of an ode this is for michael and the and the trojan fans out there three players in particular shane lee kaylin bullock and Raylan goforth each had a pick six Three pick sixes. Like teams might go a year without one. The Trojans had three pick sixes in the first week. That's I don't care who you're playing. I know they were playing Rice, but you know overall, I'm of course I'm not saying USC has solved their woes on on defense because the jury is still very much out on that. But great start for Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator, and hopefully these pick sixes give the guys confidence. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just sitting here shaking my head. I'm still skeptical. <laughs> Two of them yeah, would drop sure. passes, you know. It's just kind of no. It was, I believe me, I know, but but I'll take it. Take I'll take it. it. Uh, also, I feel like we. I got to at least throw out Drake May had a monster game for yeah, for North again. Carolina. He he looks awesome. Yeah. He looks like maybe they're not even going to miss Sam Howell at all. Um, and then Anthony Richardson. I mean, for Florida, he was unbelievable. Electric. Running the ball, made some crazy plays breaking tackles that two-point conversion yeah. was hilarious yeah exactly that yep. pump fake that was great so had to bring up them as well but uh which let's get to the negative which teams were <laughs> you disappointed by 
All right, I'm going to start with NC State. Um, the the Wolfpack they flopped a few years back when they had some expectations. This year they have a ton of expectations. They were extremely fortunate to beat East Carolina, 21-20, thanks to a missed extra point and a missed field goal late. Uh, and Devin Leary got a lot of pub all off season. Only 50% completions, 211 yards with a pick. The run game is still a question mark after game one. They were outgained. I, I'm not writing them off at all, but just not the game you want to see if you're a Wolfpack fan. No, that that was frustrating. That offense is frustrating. So hopefully just uh, one bad game, but we'll see. I will say uh, Iowa. Is there's a, Talk about frustrating offenses. Yeah. That oh, is, my gosh. <laughs> that was, Black, there is no offense. No, that was unbelievably disappointing against South Dakota. Still crazy that Brian Ferentz is is in charge of this group. Iowa put up seven points, but it was not a touchdown. They did not score a touchdown. I guess <laughs> it was South Dakota State, wasn't it? I said South Dakota. Yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Oh yeah. But um, no, it was it was uh, it was not a touchdown. They got two safeties, and then there was a field goal. And on the the field goal drive <laughs> started like right there. Like they didn't get a first down on that drive. It was just yeah. It was. <laughs> it's just yeah. so the offense really did nothing. Um, Spencer Petrus had a 1.1 QBR and unbelievable offense. Ferentz has got to fire Ferentz. Like uh, if this continues, like how do you not, if uh, it continues this year, which I mean, obviously even if it, it just like continues like one more game, like if against Iowa state, they're just again, yeah, right. terrible offensively. Like what do you do? But they won the big 10. They win West last they year. I guess they're pick sixes. They're going to do it. If yeah. they lose and do that, I guess. Yeah. There's the there's the difference, huh? Fair enough. Oh, is my turn? Yes, sir. Right, cool. All right. Uh, oh yeah, my first one. Uh, I'm going to Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a not, not, not a yikes. Dead giveaway on that one. Forty nine to three. They lost uh, to Georgia. Bo Nix was not good. Um, the defense couldn't stop Stetson Bennett and Georgia's offense at all. I mean, I know it's Georgia, and so, you know, it's not a shame at all at all losing to them, but it is a shame losing by 46, because uh, the point spread in this game was only 16, so there were some, it should have been, a, you know, somewhat interesting, but yeah. it just, not at all. I mean, losing by 30 more points than the point spread, not a good look. Oregon just, not doesn't look like a pl- pl- much of a player as far as legit chance to, to win the Pac-12, and then is is the U.S. is is the Pac-12 like out of the playoff already now? Utah no, goes down. The answer to that Oregon. question is no, Ryan. Obviously, okay. Let's just chill. Utah's it's not be... out. Utah's not out. They but their margin is a lot okay, smaller. Not out, but it's like SC, wow, not good start. UCLA. Good start. They are certainly a significant underdog to make the playoff. Though, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not looking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's kind of more my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, I agree. All right, my next one that a disappointment was Boston College. You know, you, you thought this might be the year that they could turn the quarter corner with Jeff Halfley, and you know, historically they've looked better with with Jerkovic, Jerkovic out there. Um, but but a home loss as a sizable favorite to Rutgers is not ideal. And Rutgers was even without Noah Vedral due to injury. Gavin Wimsat and Evan Simon were rotating at quarterback. They only combined for 110 yards and a pick, but they still won on the road. Uh, just a tough loss for Boston College because they have some difficult games on their schedule, so they need the wins when they're available. Yeah, uncharacteristically for them, but their O-line is could be 
pretty bad this year. Looked like it yeah. in game one, at least. Um, okay, my next team I was disappointed by already came up as well. Syracuse. Or sorry, not Syracuse. Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you were disappointed with that. No. no. Uh, Louisville <laughs> lost 31-7 to Syracuse, as I said earlier. I liked Louisville as a dark horse in the ACC Atlantic. <sighs> and just game one as a four-point favorite, getting blown out. They're the team that I would probably downgrade the most compared to what I thought yeah. entering entering the season. Yeah, I that's I can't think of one right now off the top of my head, which I'd say more. I mean, Oregon's not good, but I'll give them a little bit of a excuse because it's Georgia. But yeah, you know, yeah. Malik, doing that to Syracuse, all, Louisville's offense. Like I'm not sure what happened. Cunningham had a bad game, threw two picks. Like it was it was just bad all around. Brutal. All right, uh, my second team I was disappointed with uh, LSU. I don't, I don't see know how anybody could look at that game that was played on Sunday night and not be disappointed with, with LSU. It looked like they didn't even have an offense. It, it almost just looked like pickup football in the backyard. Like Jaden Daniels just took the snap and looked like he was improvising on every play. There was just no semblance of you know cohesion there, and they got nothing on the ground outside of him on those scrambles. And I mean, somehow, you know, the, the defense kept him in it, I guess, but they lost by one off of a blocked extra point. Insane. But, just an insane just game that they were crazy. able to get down, go 98 yards. Well, just the yeah. fact that before that drive, right, Florida State, it's over. They've, oh gosh, they've got it's the done. ball inside the 10. They're just going to punch it in for a touchdown or at least kick the field goal to go up 10, but they pitch it, fumble, and crazy. Do not crazy. attempt a pitch. If like, and that's, you can't have, it's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, bad things can happen, but man, crazy. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. uh, LSU just, looked, it just didn't look good. And they lost their star D tackle, Mason Smith. He's yeah. off for the season. That's a big loss. So I, I am not, I, I wasn't really high on LSU at all to be really for, for the season. And I'm probably even lower than I was, honestly. Brian Kelly had won 40 straight games when his team was favored. He hadn't lost since 2017 and. Now that streak ends. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty amazing. Three here, 40 yeah. straight games when he was favored? Isn't that crazy? I mean, because, you That's know, there's some games where I'm sure it was incredible. a close, close favorite. I know. Wow, I that did not hear amazing. that stat. That is amazing. Like, if it was, was like Alabama, sure. Alabama winning 40 straight games as a favorite... That's still crazy, but Alabama's probably, you know, they're all often massive favorites. It's At not like three touchdown favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame, I'm sure they're big favorites sometimes, but a lot of times they're not, you know, dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty crazy stat. Like 40 games. That's four, almost three full years. That's nuts. I'm going wow. to check that. I don't think that's right, Trey. Yeah. I, I, I saw this. I believe it was I'm, like. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure you saw I want to say it was the bear that said that or someone. I read it somewhere, but now I'm like, that now that you really think fishy. about it, it's pretty astounding. <laughs> I mean, I assume that you saw it correctly, so I'm not going to try and rack my brain to think of yeah, like no, a counterexample. I mean, I, I made they, a note uh, before the, the game like to remind myself. Like I saw this, and I was like, I have to write wow. this down and to see what happens. Wow. I did see a stat somewhat similar but different that they were of how many games in a row that um he had beaten unranked teams, which was impressive, but that stat was better, the one you just threw out. Wow. That's nuts. All right, it's my turn. Um we're done. Oh I think we're done. That oh, that's all the teams we're disappointed yeah. by? Okay. All right, well, let's move on yeah, to the just, players. There's definitely more, but you yeah, know. we'll get. Well, I'm sure we'll get to them at some point. Players that yeah, you were exactly. disappointed by. All right, I'm going to say T.J. Finley of Auburn, just because Auburn desperately needs a good year, and 
Finley, you would think, was the guy that had to be good for them. He only had nine completions, 112 yards, and two picks against Mercer. Not exactly giving you a ton of confidence. Some of the fans, they're already clamoring for Robbie Ashford, and he actually kind of played decent in this game, but it just doesn't look like Finley's going to take the reins and run. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with another quarterback at Virginia Tech, Grant Wells. He's a transfer from Marshall, and Virginia Tech defense did its job against Old Dominion, had a, had a pretty good game, but the offense was terrible. Grant Wells threw four picks, only had 5.4 yards per That's pass attempt. I know, yeah. It, it, he throws no a lot surprise, of picks, really. and, it, and it is continuing. So starting out with a loss against Old Dominion, not a, not a great start for, for Brent Pry, the new head coach. Yep, nope. Didn't we get a lot of heat for being low on them by some... There was a, there was a commenter that thought our ranking of Virginia Tech was ridiculous, oh, yeah. but I'm not here to do a victory lap after week one, Ryan. Come on. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little a bit. A lot of football left. <laughs> <laughs> Old Dominion, man. It's not, That's not great. Not good. Uh, I'm going to go with a little grouping here. A Notre Dame's offensive line, I, you know, I know it was Ohio State, but Ohio State last year got run on pretty good by more than one one opponent and they Notre Dame just could not run the ball in this game they had 76 rushing yards on 30 attempts just terrible average um and if you take out kind of Buckner's I think he had like you know, 18 yards so it's about 50 yards from outside of a QB position that's just not going to get it done for Notre Dame especially since the, you know Buckner is not really known for the uh, at least so far the question is his arm. I don't think they're going to have some elite passing game. So Notre Dame's going to be able to, there's going to need to be able to run the ball to be, have a good successful year. Now the defense showed up, did a great job, but got to get that ground game going if they're going to, you know, accomplish what they want to accomplish this year. I know they didn't have Jarrett Patterson, key figure. There's, they're really maybe all American center. Um, that's a big piece. So if hopefully he comes back soon and we'll be able to jumpstart that, that uh, rushing attack. Yeah. They started out slow last year and got better as the season went on they maybe, did maybe that'll they happen did. again but how are we feeling about ohio state after that game are we downgrading them slightly or about the same maybe a hair but i'm not i'm not changing anything crazy i mean notre dame after all it's a tough first game kind of get their feet under them and see how they go but it wasn't what you maybe thought they would be before the years you know one of the top two teams yeah, I mean, you upgrade, or at least I upgrade the defense. It was a good performance from the defense. So that's promising. And the offense, yeah, it was a bad game. But I just, I'm I'm not going to worry about Ohio State's offense. Like, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba was, of course, uh, out of the game with a hamstring. And I don't know. It's just, it's game one. I, that offense has too much talent not to be great. I'm not going to say I'm worried, but I would downgrade them a little bit. I, that's just, I don't think Notre Dame's defense is elite. I mean, they're going to be a good defense but you know they only put up 21 points wasn't i know they didn't have jackson smith and jigba but they were just amazing last year i think that's a concern and then defensively yeah they're i'm sure they're a little better notre dame's offense was is i don't know if they're going to be all that great this year so i i would probably knock them down a little bit we we're kind of talking about it and comparing them with you know like they were ahead of ranked ahead of georgia before going into the week now they're ranked behind them i think that's fair i think you know on a neutral field before the season started, people would probably would have favored Ohio State over Georgia after week one. I think it's flip-flop now. Yeah. That, yeah. It'd be a short spread, that's for sure. Either way. Right. All right. My next uh, disappointing player was Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State. 
He was pretty dreadful, and, and it was a little surprising. He got pulled in the second quarter, had two picks and a fumble, and the rest of the offense did nothing when they, they lost at Oregon State, as uh, Ryan mentioned earlier. You know, he just has so much experience. That was a real head-scratcher. The, the, the coaching staff had said he looked a lot better in fall camp, but if they want to you know, win the Mountain West, they're going to need the good Hank Bachmeyer. Yeah, I mean, he got benched, so I don't know if uh, that backup, he had yeah. he had some success. So I, don't, I can't Green, re- right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Green. Yeah, he uh, it was green. He was yeah. able to run the ball, and we'll see. Yep. Uh, okay. My next disappointing player was Kayshawn Bouti, LSU wide receiver. He changed it, right? Like last year, it was Boutte. I'm not yeah, sure. Come on, man. I'm calling him Boutte. Well, it's it's, it's Bouti now. That is the in their media boutique? guide. No, no, not boutique, Ryan. Just Bouti. <laughs> um, but anyway, he he seemed to be upset all game wasn't getting targeted as much as he would like uh Jaden daniels was kind of having to give him a pep talk on the sidelines and after the game he removed i guess lsu content from his instagram something like that so yeah. not a great start to the season and what is he, like that's crazy yeah if his if his, his targets don't town. go up oh nice mm-hmm. uh but yeah mm-hmm. something to watch out for something to watch out for after one game you're already throwing a hissy fit that's not good not good who knows what's the full story, but yeah, not a good look. Um, okay, uh, my second one uh, is Devin Leary. I know we already Michael already touched on a little bit here. Man, just just really disappointing uh, a game at East Carolina. He was outperformed by Holden Ehlers, the, the East Carolina's quarterback. Um, just about fifty percent completions for Leary through a pick, and then just this overall, the offense was sputtering. It just wasn't good. And East Car- it's not like East Carolina's got a great defense. So just not a very good performance by them, and I'd be a little worried if I was NC State. All righty. Well, there you have it. Uh, those are pleasant surprises and biggest disappointments. Uh, let's cover some of the craziest games of the weekend that maybe we haven't got into. I got to bring up UNC at App State because that game was insane. Back Bonkers. and forth all game. And App State put up 40 points in the fourth quarter alone, and they lost, which is crazy. But That's insane. So App State, they got a touchdown with 30 seconds left to go down by one. They go for two, go for the win. Receiver's open, and it just goes over his head. He kind of stumbles, backpedaling. And so they've got a kick on side, and North Carolina guy returns it for a touchdown, which he should not have done. Obviously, he should have gone oh. down. They could have knelt it. Game over. But he goes in, so App State's down eight, and it's like 20 seconds left, something like that. And, of course, they get a great return. Two plays later, boom, touchdown. And, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, just crazy. They go for two, and Chase Bryce is, is scrambled to the outside. <laughs> and it seemed like for a second he was going to get in there and just – it was kind of – I think he probably felt like he was in a dream where you can't quite move forward like you want yeah, to. Yeah. Getting held up Hate and that. just couldn't quite get in there. It's got to be so frustrating. I, I, I'm, I've never played football growing up or anything, but it's just like being tackled and you're just like an, a foot yard from oh. like, you know, first down or the end zone. You're trying to fight. It's got to be just like so frustrating not be able to get there. But uh, North Carolina defense, there's a disappointing, uh, another disappointing oh, man. side of the ball. Wow. Gene Chizik. Not no, bueno. no, not good. Um, well, we already touched on Florida State LSU, that ridiculous finish. So I'm going to go... I'll say Utah, Florida. Uh, that was a back and forth game in the swamp. Anthony Richardson scored with 125 left to put Florida up three. 
and you kind of thought it was game over, but Cam Rising led Utah right down the field, got to the six-yard line before throwing an interception in the end zone. So just, uh, you know, they, they really only needed a field goal for overtime, but kind of tried to thread yeah. one in there. I know the receiver fell down, but it still wasn't good. So brutal loss for Utah, but good win for the Gators in Napier's first first game. Yeah, Utah had two possessions, like inside the five, inside the 10, that ended up with nothing. Interception and getting stuffed. So yeah, that was the difference. Yeah. All right. I'll touch on Houston versus UTSA. Um, So Texas, San Antonio, they were up 21-7 heading into the fourth quarter. Um, And then Houston had a couple of real quick touchdowns to tie it up at 21 with about 12 minutes left in the game. Um, They get a quick stop after that, and then they get the ball back with like almost 11 minutes. So it's a tie game. Houston gets the ball back 11 minutes. They go on an 18 play, 10 and a half minute drive. (laughs) Insane. Like you never hear of a 10 plus minute drive, right? I mean, that was just insane. It doesn't even get them a touchdown. They get a field goal. So they're up 24, 21, and they left just 23 seconds left on the clock. And in that 23 seconds, UTSA completes like two long passes, gets them and sets them up in field goal range, hit the game winning or game tying field goal, goes to overtime. First OT, they both settle for field goals. Second OT, Houston scores, um, gets a two point conversion. Or well, I guess it was the other way around, right? Whatever they both, I can't remember the, the the who went first. I think actually it was UTSA went first in the second overtime. But either way, Houston and then they both get a touchdown two point conversion. Um, so it goes to a third overtime, which is just the alternating two point conversions, and boom, Houston gets theirs. UTSA doesn't. Huge thirty seven thirty five win for for Houston. But just the way that fourth quarter ended was nuts. Yeah. And you might be right there, Ryan, about the order. I don't. I remember there was a game this weekend where a team chose to go on offense yeah, first. Houston chose to go on offense yeah. first. I'm pretty sure it was them. And so then it would flip flop the other way. So the no, second it doesn't flip flop. It doesn't flip flop. I think it's just the other team gets the choice in the next overtime of whether oh, they want to go first. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. wow! And well, just everyone's two point. two point conversion was impressive. You just too, assume, by the way. Uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So but Houston went first twice in a row right because in overtime why did they because they chose to go on offense first that's huh? what it was I, as i was just going over this and uh, talking about it, i'm like wait a sec they went twice twice or went first twice in a row that kind of threw me off but yeah now that makes sense huh anyway Funky. they won they won um let's see i think there was also we got an email uh from one of our listeners dennis about liberty southern miss that game went four overtimes liberty got the w so Lots of crazy games, but uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to some news that we had last week. Eleven CFP presidents voted unanimously to expand the playoff to twelve teams, beginning in twenty twenty six at the latest, but possibly as early as next year. Same format that they proposed initially. It's it's six highest ranked conference champions are in, six at larges, and the top four seeds get buys. You have to be a conference champion in order to be in the top four. The first round will have games played at home stadiums. We've, of course, talked about this before, but uh, if there's any new listeners here or people don't remember our, our thoughts, what are your thoughts on this, this new format? Yeah, I'm, I've, I'm on board. Um, I think it'll be great. You know, I, I, as soon as they decided to go to the playoff kind of model, quote unquote, I just thought they should expand more than four. Four was just 
I've, I'm on record saying that's not, doesn't make sense. Um, you know, and, and the argument is obviously, okay, some people say it, it's going to take away, you know, from the meanings of some, some games, you know, like maybe in Alabama, Georgia late in the year, it's like, well, they're both going to be in the playoff, but I think that's what the seeding matters, right? You, you can still get a top seed, you can get a buy. That's obviously a huge deal. So I think those games will still, you know, mean something. But to me, it just, it just means more games will mean something. Yeah, like 100%. Teams are going to be fighting for a playoff position. There's a larger number. So you're going to have a lot more interesting games that have more playoff implications. So, hey, I mean, I'm all for that. I, it gives more teams a chance to make it and yeah, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of coming around on it too also because the games like even if you say oh, you know, the bottom 6 teams in the playoff, they they don't have a shot to actually win the whole thing. Well, fine, but maybe they could make a run and get to the title or whatever, but either way it's cool because you're going to get more you know, a few more very compelling playoff mm-hmm. games. Uh exciting and 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 you you might get some some uh, crazy weather games because some of these games will be in mid-December. Uh, so you, know, you could see someone like Georgia or Alabama having to travel to Columbus or Ann Arbor. Ooh, in, that's a good point. That I didn't think about that. That's a good um, so, you know, there's still lots of logistics left in terms of incorporating bowl games and the rotation and so and and not to mention the fact that conference realignment's probably not done in the com- next couple of years, but, uh, but it, it'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the positives of it are obvious that the playoff itself is going to be extremely fun to watch. Like that's, there's no question about that. It, it does feel a little bit anticlimactic the way it is now that just having three playoff games at the end of the season, like they're fun, but having yeah what 11 now that's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. Um, some of them are going to be blowouts. Some of them are going to be evenly matched. That's fine. That's, that's the way it is. But um, there's going to be value to getting into the playoff. There's going to be value to just, you know, advancing one round for certain schools. So going to be super fun. There are negatives. Like I, I understand that there's probably people listening that do not like this, but I think that this model has done so much to diminish those negatives, diminish the impact of those negatives. Like, cause, cause like, let's take one negative, like last year, Michigan beating Ohio state that would not have knocked Ohio state out of the playoff. So that upset does lose some of its luster for sure um but but the incentives are still there to where finishing in the top four still matters a lot so you got to win the conference title to get that first round by that's super valuable that yeah you know that that keeps teams you're not going to rest your starters at the end of the season or in the conference title you can't do that if you want to get first round by and finishing five to eight as opposed to nine through 12 is super valuable because you get that home playoff game. game so Everyone is still incentivized to be playing late in the season. And like I said, just way more games are going to have bigger stakes. Mm-hmm. Number 15 versus number 12 late in the year. Yeah. It's like, well, it's going to be huge. It doesn't really matter much as far as, you know, in the years past. Like, I mean, you want to win, but you're not, you're still done. You're not going to go the whole way. But yeah. now it's amazingly huge. Right. So I think the, the cost of, you know, a few of those top tier games having a bit less stakes is yeah. that's okay. Like it's, you know, there's a cost, but there's yep. so many benefits. Agreed. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to our week two preview here. And we're going to start on Friday. We've got Louisville at UCF. The Knights are favored five and a half. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's so hard to judge Louisville right now. Cause it's just, I can't believe what happened in week one for them. They can't be that not good on offense they got to be much much better than that Cunningham's 
too proven. You know, he, he's been so good for his whole career. He, they have to be better than that. Um, but maybe not. Maybe they're just not going to have a good year. So I'm, I'm going to go UCF. I like John Reese Plumley. Gus Malzahn, I think, is kind of, can maybe get a little revival there with such a good runner at, at the quarterback position. Defense, I think, is solid. So I'm, I'm going to take the Knights at home. Yeah, I like, uh, I like Plumley the way he looked. Used his arms and legs, five touchdowns last week, especially with Bowser and Richardson in the backfield, yeah. O'Keefe on the outside. And the other point is that Louisville struggled with an athletic, athletic quarterback and good running back last week. So yeah. it, it's not a good recipe. But all that said, I'm buying low on Louisville here. I'm not going to oh. overreact. Uh, this this team, Louisville, this same team pretty much on offense, put up over 500 yards on UCF last year. I, I have to think they're going to bounce back. And I want to see Plumlee against an FBS defense here, see if he can match that success. Louisville plus five and a half. I'm with you, Trey. I'm, I'm giving Louisville one more chance here. Uh, the running game for for UCF last week wasn't dominant against South Carolina State, so that offensive line is is still a, a question mark. And like you said, John Rice Plumley, it's it's one game against an FCS team, so I I'm, I want to be convinced he he is a good passer um, against Louisville. Not that Louisville's He's a baller. A, okay, maybe he is. I mean, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> He's a good baseball player too, by the way. I'm sure he'd be good at a lot of things. okay all right uh let's let's get to saturday we've got alabama minus 19 and a half against texas trey what do you think what else is he good at right (laughs) tennis uh no he probably is he probably he probably is you're right Yeah. yeah all right um so here's another fact that I actually, I think I fact-checked this myself. So this is only the third time in the Saban era at Alabama, since, so since 2007, that Bama has played a non-conference road game. Yeah, it's usually neutral sides. And it's the first time since 2011 they played at Penn State. They played Duke the year before. They, Like you said, yeah, they've had a lot of neutral site games. Which is so weak. But that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Sounds fun. But this game, I'm, I'm taking Alabama. Uh, I just don't know what I'm getting out of Texas yet. Alabama, they were a machine last week against the Mountain West champs, Utah State. And I, I just want to see if Texas's defense is actually improved at all. You know, even if it is, you're you're just not gonna stymie this this tied offense. And and when Texas has the ball, no matter how good, you know, Quinn Ewers may be, it's really his second game facing maybe the best defense in the nation. Saban's gonna show things that he's never seen before. Uh, same thing for the offensive line of Texas. They, they were poor at times last year. Can they be good enough? I, I just am in prove it mode with the Longhorns. So I'm going to take the tide. I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking Alabama and I, I've brought this up on the podcast before, but just a couple injuries right before the season have me questioning, uh, you know, how high I was on the Texas offense. I still think they'll be good, but Isaiah Nay are going down their their transfer from Wyoming. could have been a, a really good deep threat for them. And then their most experienced offensive lineman. So that uh, just there's not a lot of margin for error here uh, for Texas. That uh, things things could go very poorly if uh, not everything clicks. So I'm concerned about that. And Bryce Young and the offense. I expect to have a great game against a, a Texas defense that was bad last year. And yeah, one game against ULM doesn't uh, prove they've taken a huge step forward. Yeah. 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 Some sharp betters might suggest that the couple of injuries is factored into the line here it is it is ryan <laughs> but you know i'm just talking about how i came to my number you know 
<laughs> yes, it totally it's makes sense. It's all factored in, right? Well, what am I going to say? We, I'm not a professional better, right? <laughs> you want me to just like be like, this line's off. Hey, I know. Hey, as you know, we, we all just got to be upfront about it. We're, none of us I'm are professional you, betters. I'm telling you, if, if I'm right, if Alabama covers, I think that could be the reason. That, that could be the reason. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm not taking it well. <laughs> I'm very defensive. <laughs> I'm like Texas. Uh, no. Oh, oh, wow! Yikes! Wow. wow, brutal. Yeah, no, I agree with you though, Michael, on what you said. Why, Ryan? What, what's, uh, what do you think's not factored in the line here? What do you think? Why you think it should be a bigger spread? My opinion. I'm like Joey Galloway, guys. I just have such a good pick against the spread. Joey Galloway's record against the spread is unbelievable. Somehow, either you cannot convince me that he isn't a coin flipper. There's, there's no way. But yeah, uh, no, there's nothing that would suggest it in his commentary. That's like, oh, this guy is sharp. Right, right. He is. I don't think there. he has a, you know, I don't think he has a firm grasp of the betting market. Yeah, yeah. But somehow, apparently, his record is excellent lately. Small sample. Give him credit. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Bama. I, I, man, I, the pass rush could just eat Texas alive. And that, without that, I just, it's, it could be, it could get ugly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Bama. For yeah. Me. The betting market not taking into account the pass rush. I agree. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad road to go down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, we just okay. stopped doing the podcast altogether. You know, it just it doesn't matter what we say. Yeah. Moving on. South Carolina <laughs> is at Arkansas. Arkansas is favored eight. So you look at the uh, the final score of the the South Carolina game last week, and you might be encouraged. They beat Georgia State, a solid Georgia State team, 35-14. But they did have two non-offensive touchdowns, and Spencer Rattler threw two picks, wasn't very efficient. So I was, even though they covered, I was a little disappointed with their performance. And as far as Arkansas, Last week against Cincy, I mean, that's that's nice to get the win. It wasn't the prettiest, but they had two safeties go down with injury, and that really affected them in the second half. Cincinnati had some success through the air, so um, I think at least one of those safeties is supposed to be back. I'm not sure if Jalen Catalan, at least as I record this, if he's supposed to be back, but hopefully he will because I'm taking Arkansas, minus eight. I agree. I, I like Arkansas. I, I just thought any win versus Cincinnati, I was going to be impressed with. I don't care really what it looked like because I think Cincinnati is going to be a really good team again. So, hey, you got the win. I think you proved to me you're 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 still a good team. Sam Pittman, man, what a great job. He's just done so well. Um, and KJ Jefferson had a good one against a, a good defense in Cincinnati. I thought he had a, played a pretty good game. And South Carolina, to me, just not there yet. Um, yeah, that Georgia State game, it was a game. Like those teams looked about even. It just South, you know, South Carolina kind of took advantage of some some blunders, but I I just don't think they're all that great yet. Um still need some time. So Arkansas is proven. They're solid. I'll take them. Yep, I'm taking the Razorbacks. Um the South Carolina offense, their 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 line struggled to protect and and couldn't get a a a run game really going. I think KJ Jefferson's going to look even better this week. I'm actually going to make the hogs my lock of the week. Pig suey. All right, moving on to our next game here, Missouri at Kansas State. The Wildcats are favored eight. I'm going to take the points with Mizzou. Their offense was not quite uh, as dominant as you would like last week against a terrible Louisiana Tech defense, and now they're going up against what could be a, a great K-State defense, but... The biggest, stack I, the biggest stat that I took from last week was Adrian Martinez uh, against South Dakota. 15 pass attempts, 
for 53 yards. He had 3.5 yards per attempt. Maybe they were playing vanilla. I don't know. That That's still concerning uh, against an, an FCS team. So I, I will say they don't score enough to, to win by a big margin here, and, and Missouri hangs in there. Yeah, not known for his arm. Um, <laughs> You're such a hater. <laughs> yeah, he is. He carried us at times. I mean, he's better he than he showed on. in this game. Like, I'm, I'm, I was, yeah, was slash am optimistic about him this year, but I, but so was I. Not a, so was I. Not a great start. More of a game manager type that had some wheels. <laughs> oh my god! Like Skylar Thompson, no? Skylar Thompson was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I like Adrian. He's a good kid. Good kid. He is classy guy. All right, uh, next game, we got North Carolina. They're favored seven and a half at Georgia State, the previously aforementioned. Uh, yeah, they hung in there well with South Carolina. Uh, did Georgia State kind of faded late, but, you know, UNC had that insane game against App State. Just not high on, on the Tar Heels, man. Gene Chizik's defense was just so, so, so bad. I'm kind of going up and down here and left and right and up and down, but I'm going, I'm going North Carolina just because Drake, <laughs> just because Drake may like the offense is so good. It looks like that. I don't think Georgia state can keep up. Uh, it, it's just uh, Georgia state's going to have to put up a ton, a ton of points, I think in this one. And I don't know if they're fully capable of doing that even against a not so great NC defense. Well, I'm taking North Carolina. All right. And second, week in a row that North Carolina goes on the road against a Sunbelt team. Yeah. Pretty pretty crazy. All right. App State at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is favored by 19. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, we'll see how Texas A&M handles App State's offense with Chase Bryce. But I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit encouraged about what I saw from Haynes King. Um, I, I, I kind of like the fact that he did win the job over Max Johnson. I thought Max Johnson, I, I've been saying it all offseason, he was the guy I thought was going to win, but I thought it would be better if King got the job because you know Max Johnson was a solid SEC quarterback at LSU. So Haynes King has a little more upside, which I, I thought was good. Um, in this game, I like Texas a and I, I think Appalachian State's going to run into a little bit more resistance than North Carolina's defense gave them to him. And I think, you know, maybe off that hot riding high, they might come down to a quick low on the offensive side of the ball against AM. I think they'll get a lot more pressure. Secondary is much better, so I'm I'm going to go with the home team of the Aggies here. Okay, I I mean I I think App State is going to struggle offensively in this one. They their lack of proven receivers did not matter against a terrible North Carolina defense, but I think it will matter here. But I just don't have enough trust in A and M's offense yet to to pick them to cover a, a big spread against a decent team. Their offensive line kind of struggled against Sam Houston last week. I watched some of that game. Haynes King. His decision-making, I think, remains a question mark. He had three picks in his first full start last year. His only really full start against Kent State. Two picks against Sam Houston. So just two games, but five picks against not great defenses. So it's just something to watch out for. That is true. And I will say, I'm going to take App State. I just, I like, I know Chase Bryce isn't going to have that same success against a far superior defense that to face this week but i like nate noel cameron peoples uh the running back there i think they can help generate at least some offense to keep it within the 19 here um so that's why i'm taking the the points okay next game tennessee minus six at Pitt. this was a great game last year what are you thinking here trey 
Pitt needed a little magic against West Virginia, and their their offensive line struggled at times against you know what we it was an unknown West Virginia D, but but they got it done. Slovis still made uh, enough plays, and I, so I'm actually I'm going to take Pitt here um, as the home dog. Tennessee's offense it, it's scary. Hendon Hooker could still put up some some numbers given how West Virginia was able to have some success, but I still think the Pat the Pittsburgh pass rush is better than they showed and could maybe get to him at least a little bit. And we, we also don't know how improved Tennessee's defense is, specifically the pasty, which was, you know, 102nd or something last year. This is their first test. And even if it's only marginally better, I think Slovis and Pitt will be able to score to keep it within the six. All right. I'm going to go the other way. I do think Tennessee's defense showed that I know it was ball state, but I did, I was encouraged by what I saw from them. Um, in, in week one and I'm not worried about the offense at all. Hennon Hooker is incredible. Um, even if Pitt does have a, a pass rush that is a little bit, you know, pr- provide some, s- some resistance. I, Hennon Hooker just makes plays. Uh, he can scramble, run around. He, he makes it tough on opposing D lines to, to get home. So I think he kind of wear him down with how well he moves. So I'm going to take Tennessee. I, I think they're just the, the overall better team. Um, yeah, I'm going with Tennessee as well. I, I don't like how Pitt was trying to run maybe too much against West Virginia, yeah, despite I agree not there. a ton of success. So that's just kind of the difference between Josh Heupel and and Pitt's offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti. So I'll take the Vols. All right, let's move on here. We got Wazoo is traveling to Madison, take on uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favorite, 17 and a half. Uh, week one, Wazoo didn't look good. They uh, barely beat Idaho. Uh, 24-17, and they're not a they're not a FBS team anymore. Um, not that would have been a great game if it was either way. Uh, so yeah, it's not a great start for them. Uh, Wisconsin, they look solid. They beat Illinois State 38 nothing, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you know, this game, I want to see a close game. I really do. Um, I hope Wazoo's offense kind of wakes up, and the quarterback Cameron Ward, the transfer from Incarnate Word, uh, got some high praise. At least had some good potential coming into the season hopefully he can step up here because they're going to need it um and that's why i'm actually going to go with kooks mainly because i i want to see a relatively close game not super confident in it but i have to think that they're a little bit better offensively than they showed against idaho maybe they'll kind of shows maybe they were kind of playing vanilla in week one getting ready to open things up here against wisconsin in week two um so i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case and uh, they can they can keep it close because Wazoo's scrappy i think they'll they'll fight Brian's keeping us on our toes here. This, this I know, I really am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Roller going coaster. back and forth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. The battle for the Cyhawk. Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa is favored three and a half. Oh, yeah. Um, I like Iowa. You know, it's... Iowa right, State, so he's I, taking I, Iowa State, bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll bet the hot guys, they have owned this series. Uh, it is, I know it's a, I would expect a, rel- a close game, especially with the Iowa's offense. It would be surprising if they could get a three touchdowns, but their defense is just too good. I think they're going to slow down Hunter Hecker, Hunter Deckers, uh, make it really tough on them, probably force some, some, you know, mistakes from this from the cyclone offense couple turnovers and iowa's just going to capitalize it like they normally do so probably i'm, I'm going to say iowa gets a defensive touchdown <laughs> and ends up winning like a 17 to 13 type of game 17 10 maybe yeah i mean i don't know just with iowa's offense not scoring a touchdown 
against South Dakota. <laughs> I do not feel state. Gosh, Dakota why did state. I do that again? <laughs> South Dakota played at Kansas State, right? Yeah, that's right. They did. Um, I I can't lay more than a field goal. Uh, oh, actually, it was against South Dakota State. Okay, that changes everything. No, um, <laughs> yeah, no, sure, I, yeah, I can't better. lay more than a field goal with uh, with Iowa right now against a solid Iowa State team. Hunter Decker's could be pretty good at quarterback. He could be end up being an upgrade over. Um, wow, how soon? Purdy, Brock Purdy. How soon? I forget. Purdy. Yeah. He's and he's got the best receiver by far in this game. Xavier Hutchinson. I think a low scoring, close game. Give me the points, and I'm going to make Iowa State my lock of the week. Hmm. I totally agree, Mike. Maybe Deckers is the the real deal. And you got two angles. Buy low on Iowa's putrid offense, assuming it's better. Or two, Iowa State returned, you know, very little. They have lower expectations and they they don't can't beat Iowa. I just I I'm rolling with Deckers and that second angle, take the three and a half. Okay. Next game here, Houston at Texas Tech. Red Ravers Red Raiders favored three. Tyler Shuck went down in, in week one, so Donovan Smith will be getting the start, I think, for at least the next couple weeks. But those two guys were neck and neck, so I, I really don't think that affects the the spread here much at all. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. So, you know, home team Texas Tech, so two and a half, three points, that that kind of makes makes sense. This is a tough one to pick. Um, but I, I think I just trust Houston more. They were good last year. They've got the same coaching staff. They've got Clayton Toon back at quarterback love their defensive coordinator doug belk so i trust their defense more than i do texas techs i'll take i'll take three points with them getting getting points so we'll see i mean i don't feel i feel worried about zach kitley's offense against a team that lost their their top two corners like houston did but you know i'm i'm torn here yeah. but I'm, I'm taking the points i can see that all right no i, I like to pick i i, I go the same way uh, okay, moving on to the next game. We have a bit of a rivalry game brewing here now. Kentucky is going to Florida. Florida's favorite six. I'm taking the plus six with Kentucky. I think they've got a a bit better defense than Utah, so this might be a bigger test for Anthony Richardson. He's a freak, though. He's going to get his rushing yards for sure. Uh, but I think Kentucky can hang in there. Tavion Robinson had a big week one against Miami of Ohio, so I, he, and he was getting a lot of buzz in camp, so he could actually be a pretty good replacement for Wandell Robinson. I don't think he's at that level, but um, you know he can replace a, a good amount of that production. And I wonder if the spread would be six here if, if like I said, if Utah had converted one of those mm-hmm. kind of fourth and goal situations that they didn't. I mean, they didn't, so it is what it is. But it, that game very could have easily, very easily could have gone the other way. Maybe the market's not that dumb, but. I'm I'm dumb. So maybe they that's, are. Though. That's my rationale. Uh, I agree. The narrative, at least in general, even spread re- spread regardless, uh, the narrative on the game might be different. Had Utah, you know, obviously pulled that out, uh, and and I know Kentucky. They don't have Chris Rodriguez, and they had a you know pretty pathetic running game last week against Miami of Ohio, only 50 yards. But I'll chalk it up to adapting to life without Rodriguez, being vanilla against what should be a good MAC team. So I think, and I think Kentucky's front seven on defense will make it at least difficult for Anthony Richardson. Um, so I'm just not willing to give this many points yet with them, as I want to see if uh, I think Stoops could be successful in making Richardson beat them with his arm. Okay, I, I'm going to go Florida. I, I, I like Florida heading into the year. 
beating Utah top 10 team start the season, that's a great sign to me. They move the ball. I think Utah does have a, they routinely have a good defense. So the fact that Anthony Richardson and company had some success to me, I mean, that's just, that's just all good for me. Cam Rising finished last year, super strong. So, you know, slowing him down a little bit was great. And Kentucky, I'm just not sold on right now. Um, I don't know about the offense right now. I think the, um, oh, wow. What's my, now I'm doing a brain fart and you had Purdy. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Will Levis is prone to turnovers. I think Florida could maybe gain one or two there. And as far as the turnover differential, so I'm, I'm taking the Gators. All right, moving on to Arizona State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is favored 11. It's a lot of points against Arizona State, which you know looked pretty good in their win over FCS Northern Arizona. Emory Jones wasn't incredible, but did what he had to do. Validate had a good day on the ground. Maybe the Sun Devils won't be as bad as some think. We'll, you know, we'll see. And you know, on the other side, I know Oklahoma State gave up 44 to Central Michigan, but most of it was late with a huge lead. Central Michigan also has some nice weapons. So I think that it's kind of a wake-up call. I think they'll focus more on the, the defensive side for four quarters this week. And I'm going to buy the Pokes offense. Spencer Sanders looked impressive, lots of big plays. I think he'll continue his good play. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. All right, let's get to the game of the weekend for me. <laughs> USC, minus nine at Stanford. What are we thinking, Trey? I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker, but I'm taking the Trojans. Uh, still need to prove their chops on defense, but the offense looked pretty good in game one, considering they're meshing all these new pieces over nine yards per play. Granted, Stanford is is better than Rice, but I'm just kind of in wait and mo- see mode with the Cardinal. Um, not overly high on them this year. The offense did plenty against lowly Colgate, but they lost three fumbles, threw a pick, so that's something to watch here. I know it's tough to give nine on the road in conference when Stanford has had some success against SC, but this is a whole new team. And I'm just really looking forward to it because we're going to learn a lot about where each team stands for the rest of the way. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going Stanford here. Um, I don't think they're going to be super great this year, but I do think with all the returning production that they have, I think they were like one or number one or number two. Um, I think they're going to be much improved over what they were last year. And I just don't trust USC's defense. I don't. Um, as we kind of mentioned, they were fortunate against Rice to, you know, have some of those three pick sixes. Without those, game is, looks a little bit more interesting, maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, and I, yes. I, I said a little more, a little more interesting. 66 to yeah. 35 instead of, yeah. What? No, it would take 21 Take away 21, 45, 14, yeah. but then maybe some of those drives result. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, okay, it wouldn't, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's factual. It's factual. I didn't say anything wrong. Call, get off my back. Uh, yeah, so I, Stanford on the farm, they play USC tough, man. They do. They know how to play them. Um, I, I like Tanner McKee. I think he's solid. I just I just don't see, I don't trust USC to be able to go on the farm and easily win. I've I got to see it first. I'm with you, Ryan. Um, I have lost my outline, by the way, so you guys are going to have to take over for, for the rest of this. But It's going to yeah, fall apart. It's going to fall apart for sure. No, no. Um, I just think... I saw. How do you lose your outline? Well, my my iPad died. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, oh, so. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just saw signs that USC's defense could be in trouble this year. Like, if you just look at the second half, you're like, all right, they they're good. They didn't give anything up, but I I don't know. I guess I'm valuing more the first quarter, first part of the game when it was still a 
you know, could have been a back and forth game. And first three drives, Rice was moving the ball successfully. Like they were making plays, like there were receivers open. They were creating some holes in the running game. Long sustained drives, uh, two of them for touchdowns. One of them was, uh, I think it was Luke McCaffrey maybe who dropped a pass and uh, led to a pick six. Two of those pick sixes were drop passes. So I don't know. And then it just kind of got out of hand. But I saw enough to where D-line, very concerned about for USC. I think Stanford could have a ton of su- a ton of success running the ball. Like you say, Tanner McKee, he's a solid quarterback. He Sanders. Uh, Smith, Smith. Yeah, EJ Smith. Smith. Sorry. Uh, wrong, yeah, wrong, wrong form. Wrong yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what you're doing there. But USC's corners, too. The group of corners is still uh, kind of a question mark. So we'll see. But I'm I'm taking taking the points with Stanford. All right. Uh, moving on. Next game, we got uh, Baylor is going I'm so excited for this game. I can't wait for it. B- Baylor's going to BYU. BYU's favorite three, so it's just neck and neck. Trey, what do you think? Yeah, Baylor, I agree, right? I'm uh, super excited about this too, especially at, at the night game. Um, Baylor was impressive last week, but it's again, it's hard to gauge because they only played Albany. Uh, my my pick here is a little bit with my off-season heart and, and love of BYU, uh, but there are reasons for it. First off, like I mentioned, it's a, it's a night game in Provo. That atmosphere should be fantastic. And second, I really like how they dismantled South Florida last week. They even had to deal with a few hour delay because of weather. They were up thirty eight nothing in the second quarter. They ended up winning fifty to twenty one. And we kind of wondered what the run game would look like without Tyler Algier. But Christopher Brooks had a big day. Jaron Hall was efficient. Now I know it's not going to come as easy against a Dave Aranda defense, but I'm going to roll with the Cougs. Yeah, this was a really good team last year. Turn everybody. Jaron Hall's the man at quarterback. I, Chris Chris Brooks was a great replacement there uh, at running back. Um, man, I just not. I, I'm so high on them. That's why they were my fourth team that I picked for the playoff. Uh, I, I obviously went out on a limb, but that fourth spot was open, so he had to go with somebody. I, I'm BYU's good. They're going to have a good defense. I think they're going to cause Baylor some trouble. I don't think Baylor's really going to have all that much success. I think they're going to get some turnovers here. I, I, I'm super high uh, on uh, on BYU here. I'm going to make BYU my lock. All right. We are all in agreement here. I'm I'm taking BYU. We all love them this year. I'm hoping that Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua are, are both playing at receiver. Gunnar was held out last game. Nakua went down during the game. X-rays were apparently negative. So we'll see there. But you're going to need all your weapons against a, a good Baylor defense. But yeah, I mean, BYU was so impressive last week, like you said, Trey. And I don't know, we'll just, uh, with Baylor, I their receiving core. I, I want to see them against a, a real defense here because there's n- very little experience there. And I think that could be the difference in this game. Yep. All right. I'm going to wrap us up here for games with Oregon State minus one at Fresno State. It's another, another great late night game that we get to watch. Oregon State, they really impressed me last week against Boise as they controlled that game one easy. But I will say, I'm, like I mentioned earlier, Hank Bachmeyer gave up the ball three times early and they never looked back. I don't think that's going to be the case with Jake Hayner on the other side. I've loved him in his career there at Fresno. He was 36 of 42 last week. His main targets are back this year Jalen Cropper, Josh Kelly. It's going to be hot in Fresno. I'm trusting Ooh, Hayner to get it done. It's going to be insanely hot in Fresno. All right, we got one more game here. I'm I'm back, guys. I've got my outline back, so I'm oh, aware of the next game yep, that I'm right. supposed to talk about here. Mississippi State 
minus 10 and a half at Arizona. By the way, this this uh, night slate, one of our, our patrons mess, uh, mentioned this, Joel, but uh, he is absolutely right. This night slate is awesome on Saturday because we already, we already mentioned Baylor at BYU. Uh, Oregon State at Fresno State, like Trey just talked about. And then, yeah, that's yeah, a great Mississippi one. Mississippi State at Arizona. Those are three really intriguing games. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm very intrigued in all those. Yeah, yeah. going to need multiple TVs. Uh, hopefully my iPad doesn't die for that one. But I, <laughs> I think the Mississippi State defense is just going to present a much, much bigger you know, uh, challenge and talent than San Diego State did for, for Arizona. Mississippi State's defense has a chance to be top 10 in, in the country. So... And then we know the offense in year three under Mike Leach, Will Rogers, they've got it rolling. So I, I'm cheering for Arizona just because, I don't know, I've, they've been so bad and I just kind of like them this year. But uh, my pick will be Mississippi State against the spread. What, what, would, what was the spread? Ten and a half. What was the spread? A ten and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. Brian Kelly made a quip about the media arriving late to a press conference this week, and a reporter responded with, maybe if we win, I'll be on time. If you could embarrass Ouch. one coach with a sick burn like that, who would it be? This is a tough one. I, you know, I got no ill will against oh, anybody out on. there. Oh, come on. I sure you do. Okay, Scott Frost. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. There it <laughs> is. Oh, I should have yeah, predicted that this- one. Yeah, there's, there's, you could definitely give him some zingers. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I'd yeah. go with Dabo Sweeney. Uh, he's had his fair share of, con- you know, contentious press conferences, kind of talking down to the media at times. So I wouldn't mind hitting him with a zinger. It would probably have something to do with the transfer portal. I'd, I'd, I'd need to yeah. be set up for it. I, I, I don't know what it would be, but yeah, exactly. I was, I was kind of between Jimbo Fisher and Pat Narduzzi, but I, I, the reason I'm going with Fisher because the way he would respond to that, he would just go on a rant forever, being defensive like he did, you know, with the yeah. the Saban controversy this offseason. I consider both to those guys too. I think if you're Brian Kelly and, and that zinger, you kind of just have to laugh at it. I don't know. It's just like, he's, but yeah, he didn't. I thought about let that. It like if that was much. me in my shoes, I would have just yeah, been like, well yeah, played. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Steve Sarkeesian said that Nick Saban saved his coaching career. Which former college football head coach's career would you most like to save? I, I'm kind of curious to hear how you guys answer this question. I I have no, like, I'm going to say Kevin Sumlin um, at Arizona. I, I don't really care about Kevin Sumlin, but I just, I am to this day, I'm so stunned how bad it went in Tucson, Arizona. I, I think I think he should have been successful there. I'm just baffled. It, it everything aligned to me. I thought it was going to be a home run. It just did not work. So, if I was an Arizona fan, I wish I would have uh, saved his career. Yeah, I thought I thought that was going to work out a lot better. Uh, for me, the way I answered this was just thinking of guys that got raw deals, and so I came up with two: Jim Tressel at Ohio State, and oh, yeah. Doc, Hall- okay. Doc Holliday at Marshall. For Tressel, the tattoo scandal, like who cares, right? They look so ridiculous even at the time, but now it looks so even, dumb. even dumber. And then for Holiday, it was literal politics that got him fired. Literally. That's why I said literal. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Rick Neuheisel. Uh, oh. I, I, he just, remember, yeah, I remember Rick. He was slick. Rick was, he was uh, kind of high. He had some good moments there at Colorado and Washington. 
UCLA, I just, I don't know. I thought he was going to do better there uh, at UCLA, but I don't know. I, I was kind of, I kind of liked him. I, I was kind of hoped he would, you know, pan out. Okay. Upset special. We got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. Last week, I hit Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech. Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. This week, give me Stanford to beat USC. You're, you're I, such a... Well, I, I knew it. This, opposite like, of a homer. I, I kind of... But not every year, though. Like, there's been years that I go over on USC. And this year... Has there? Yeah. There have been. No, there definitely no, but this has this is been. like... This one stood out to me. That I one just, stood I out am, to me. I am not as high as the market i think on usc and i think if you watch that game you would maybe have worried more about the defense than just looking at a box score uh so that's that's kind of the reason i'm i'm going with stanford i think i mean obviously i would pick usc to win if i have to but this is a money line underdog you know i'm, I'm i think they've think stanford's got yeah. a shot uh too many questions defensively for usc and We've only seen them against Rice. The offense, like the offense, is great. It, it, I mean, it looked great, and it probably is great. But still, we did just only see them against Rice. Yeah. All right, I got Hawaii getting fifty-one and a half against <laughs> Michigan. Wow, <laughs> that line is unbelievable. JJ McCarthy starting. No, there we I'm going to take. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to take Missouri getting eight at Kansas State. I, I like Kansas State this year. Adrian Martinez, Duvon, good defense. But you got an old Big 8, Big 12 rivalry. Mizzou, they, their defense played well against Louisiana Tech. Four sacks, nine tackles for loss. Brady Cook could be on the rise. That five-star Luther Burden was involved in the offense multiple ways. Uh, I'll take a shot with Eli Drakenwitz Tigers. All right. Um, I'm going to stay in that area. I'm going to take uh, Kansas. They're getting 13 and a half at West Virginia. I know it was Tennessee Tech. But Kansas looks solid. I mean, they they actually like dominated. Um, they don't normally do that in, in previous years. They, they, they tend to struggle against anybody put out there. Lose to FBI, FCS teams. So I was encouraged by them. Jalen Daniels, that quarterback, he looks he could good, be legit. Man. He could be legit. Yeah, he looks good. Ever since they put him in last year, in the middle of the year, all boom, different team, man. They're 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 solid. So yeah, Lance Leopold, man. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to leave us five stars uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Now's a good time to jump in. Start of, a, of an exciting season. So we would appreciate that. And we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.